Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teamwork, A Better Way podcast. I'm Christian Napier, your host, and I am joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, really the captain of this ship, Spencer Horn. Spencer, how you doing? Wonderful, Christian. Thank you for that great introduction. So good to be with you, and uh, I couldn't do it without you, that's for sure. Well, I'm happy to be your cruise director on today's voyage, Spencer. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I love the Paisley shirt, but I have to ask you, uh, how was the long weekend? It was great. We, you know, we, Jana and I celebrated with, uh, we had lots of kids. We had all of our children except for two that are in Florida. And uh, we celebrated with fireworks, just a little elementary school right behind our, our house. And we just were like very few people. Everyone was up at the fireworks and we just had so much fun. And then everyone came for dinner on Sunday. Um, I got a call from my son last night who said he uh, was in Florida for fireworks and they had a scare. Somebody thought there was, unfortunately, a there, there wasn't a shooting, but they thought it was and people panicked and called to let us know that it was okay. So it was a little bit of a scary day yesterday. Wow. Well, I'm just hopeful that everybody is okay and that nobody got hurt from the fireworks or otherwise. No, no, everyone was fine. I mean, I, oh, uh, good, good. That, yeah. And as for us, we we uh, we went on a little hike in the morning up uh, the Cottonwood Canyon, up by Silver Lake, uh, by Brighton, and uh, that was great. And then we spent the afternoon with our daughter and son-in-law, and then had a barbecue with my brother-in-law and his family uh, in the evening. And and uh, so yeah, it was really really nice to relax a little bit. Oh, that is wonderful that you got to do that, and what a beautiful day for a hike. Yeah, it was uh, absolutely gorgeous. It was in the in the fifties when we were out there and it was, it felt really great. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. And speaking of awesome, we have an amazing guest. I'm super looking forward to uh, getting to know her better. So Spencer, why don't you go ahead and introduce our special guest today? Absolutely. I'm going to bring her on. We have Natalie Plamondon Thomas. And you know what? I, I met her while I was in Canada and she lives close to the Vancouver area and she is a confidence expert. And so I'm excited because actually just the other day, Natalie, when I had a, a, a WhatsApp message from somebody in, in Poland that I know, incredible woman leader, and she's like, Spencer, what can I do for more confidence? And I'm like, listen, listen, uh, listen tomorrow. So I'm so excited. But she's an eight-time international best-selling author, Christian, and twenty. she was the 2021 Canadian Presenter of the Year. That'll give you some confidence, right? <laughs> Um, and she's an expert with a proven system to get you transformational results. And she works with people who want to find confidence so that they can unlock their potential, which is really the, the, the title of today's, uh, podcast confidence to unlock performance. And, and, you know, we'll obviously tie that into, to teams, but we need leaders of teams in order to unlock that potential. So there's the, there's the tie in. And she also works with entrepreneurs who want to find clarity. Uh, they need to, to make the money and, and a living with, with passion uh, and for their passion. And she's, an, as I said, a number one international bestseller of 15 books on success. So, so I think she knows a little bit about it, and she has, which I want to ask her about her experience with you know, communication, wellness, empowerment, you know, neurosciences, all kinds of stuff. She's the founder and CEO of Think Yourself, 
um, and Academy, the Think Yourself Academy, and offering leading-edge online courses and one-on-one coaching and business mentorship, along with the past. There's no way that you've been doing this for 30 years, Natalie. <laughs> I started when I was two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And so you've been in the fitness industry, which is which is a great foundation for you know a lot of the confidence and your probably the system. She's been a fitness instructor of the year for Canada. Please welcome you know audience and Christian Natalie Plamondon Thomas. Wow, what an intro! Thank you so much, Spencer and Christian. I'm so excited to be on your show today. Uh, I've already had a good time. I love your little chat at the beginning. Did you see that some uh, countries, some countries, some cities in the state did drone shows instead of fireworks? Yeah, and- yes, we did, <laughs> and, and that may be that may be a trend in the future. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. I'm actually excited to bring in, you know, you Canada Day was July 1st, right? Is that? That's that? right. So we also had a long weekend at the same time for us was the Friday, for you was the Monday. So yeah. Right. And so we all have this this uh, independence uh, celebration. And, and I actually want to bring in a, a little uh, a thought when we talk about some ways to build confidence from uh, our one of our founding fathers, which we'll, we'll talk about here. But so what I want to ask you is tell us a little bit about how you got started in this field what 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 took you to to study the neurosciences when you know background of fitness and how did you get into this whole confidence and and think yourself mindset and and that that academy that you've created i guess it all started with our own negative self-talk so i'll take you back when i started to speak professionally so i um 12, 15 years ago, I needed a video done. So um, I hired a cameraman. We had three cameras, one for the close-up, uh, one you know, for the wide angle, and one behind me from the back to see the large audience. Now, the problem was, <laughs> Spencer, that there was only 20 people in the room. So we kept asking people to move from one segment to another <laughs> so that when, when we put all the Uh, from one section to the other. So when we put all the segments of the video together, it looked like there was a large audience and it kind of worked. Like this this video got me my first paid speaking engagement. I got a call from an organization. They wanted me to train their sales force and they asked for my rate. And I'm like, "Um, I didn't have a corporate rate, right? So I go, "Uh, 250, I had no clue. So they say, okay, so for the four hour training, there would be a thousand. I almost choke because I met 250 for the whole thing, right? So I go, oh, yes, that's correct, $1,000. So I got the contract. And and when I hung up the phone, I should have been thrilled. But the truth is, I felt like a fraud. See, I was hearing this voice in my head telling me, what? You're not a real professional speaker. You don't deserve a $1,000 paycheck for for an afternoon. Like, you want, you want to be a speaker, like, in English? You don't even speak English. I'm French, right? So... The, the voice was telling me, you want to write books in English? It's never going to work. Like, you're not good enough. And that's when I realized I needed to change that voice in my head because it was not helping me at all. And we, we do that. We trash talk ourselves all the time. Like, you don't walk around telling people, hey, you look fat in these jeans. Huh? Oh, you want to, hi, you want to start your business? No, it's never going to work. You're not good enough. We don't say that to people, but we talk to ourselves like that. So that's when I decided I need to shut down this voice in my head 
and is not helping me. So I spent the last decade studying neuroscience, created a system that's the system I share in all my books on stages around the world and on one-on-one -on -one coaching with my, uh, with my clients. What what a great story. And I was just laughing. I had muted myself. <laughs> I was like, but it's so true. And and you know, it's it's that imposter syndrome. I actually named that voice and I called him uh, Captain Insano. And I don't know if any of you are listening, watched uh, The Water Boy. Do you remember when the Water Boy's like 30 years old and he watches that wrestling and Captain Insano's his hero? So he called in and and the and Captain said, That's so cute. And he says, How old are you? I'm 30 years old. And he just started laughing at him, right? And so that's that voice that laughs that I that I named whenever I, I feel like I, I can't do it. But, yeah. you know, that's so interesting. And you are probably worth so much more than that thousand dollars yet. But but that belief is is so real. Well, yeah, back then I had no idea how much to charge. I actually charge so much more now. Uh, I hope none of my clients are listening to this thinking that what I could have gotten her for 250 bucks. <laughs> 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 oh, geez. Well, hey, you know, we, we, hopefully people will be who are listening will pipe up. But this is from Enrique Azwaje. I don't know if I uh, pronounced your name correctly. Yeah. And he's uh, saying just he's he's talking about you on this excellent team today. So, Christian, I'm sorry. I've been hogging all the airtime here. Throw it to you. Oh, well, I, I find this totally fascinating because... Although I haven't named in Captain Insano, I mean, definitely that voice exists in my head. But, you know, for me, it's like, a, it seems to me like everyone around me is so confident, but I don't feel confident about myself. And I'm curious in the research that you've done over the last decade or more since you somehow were able to consciously say, hey, this weird voice is talking to me, you know, what are some of these key findings that you have found in your research that um, contribute to this to this uh, self negativity, this self doubt, this imposter syndrome? Yeah, um, research actually shows that seventy percent of our thoughts are negative. Um, that's kind of scary because we have between fifty and eighty thousand thoughts per day. So if you break this down, it's thirty-one negative thoughts per minute. It is huge. We do trash talk ourselves quite a bit, and the problem is this: uh, these thoughts they go straight to. Um, our brain and our brain makes it happen. So your your captain, uh, I call it I call it your personal assistant. So let me talk maybe a little bit about the brain. Um, I, I could go for an hour on the prefrontal cortex. That's one of my favorite part of the brain where, where we panic and we freak out and all this. But today, let's just stick with two other parts. So the logical mind and the unconscious mind, okay? So your logical mind, can handle five to nine things at a time. So that's that's kind of, that's cool. You can multitask, right? So um, that's this voice in your head that you hear. And it's quite restricted, actually, because five to nine things at a time is not that great after all. So yes, you can go grocery shopping now at the same time that you are in a meeting on your airphone, right? On your AirPods on your phone. And, and then you, you keep your kid from falling off the card with one hand, you grab a can of soup on special with the other hand and still you notice the, you notice the guy at the back of the store that's smiling at the girl in blue in the seafood department. And then you, you can do all this at the same time, but let's say you're driving to a new address and you know, you've, it's a beautiful day. The music is on and, windows are down and you start 
getting closer to that new address. So you look at the numbers on the houses. Have you ever caught yourself having to lower the volume on the radio? Right? Have you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, need, I need to focus. That's right. When you're driving, like all of a sudden, how is lowering the volume on the radio going to make you see the numbers on the houses better? It's because five to nine pieces of information is not that great after all. Because when you have the foot on the brake, the foot on the accelerator, there's the red light ahead, the kid that's about to cross the street, the lady that might cut you off. And then there's a dude in the car next to you winking at you, gross. So when you add looking at the numbers on the houses, the music becomes the one too many. Five to nine is not that great after all. Living at a logical level, is like this, you're, you're trying to do everything right. And, and as entrepreneurs, um, and, and when you're working in a corporation, you've got this dream, you wanna move up to CEO, or you wanna build an amazing business, so you get up at 5 a.m. and then you, you see clients all the way till 10 p.m. You still have to take your kids to school and sport in between your meetings. And oh, you have to start a podcast and you have to post on social media and, and you have to check your finances now because there's so much inflation. And the harder you work, the more exhausted you feel. And, and you have zero life balance and you feel like you're getting farther and farther and farther away from your dream life. It is like you're trying to go to New York City, but you're in an aircraft that's flying to Los Angeles. You can work as hard as you possibly can, but you're never going to get there if you stay in that aircraft. So a lot of my clients come to me and they say, how the heck do I get out of that aircraft? And I say, no, stay on the aircraft and talk to the pilot and say, hey bud, do you mind turning around? That's where I wanna go. Imagine how fast you will get there once the pilot is on board, right? So that pilot is the other part of the brain, the unconscious mind. So the unconscious mind can handle 2.3 million pieces of information every second. I'm gonna say that again. The logical mind, five to nine. The unconscious mind, 2.3 million pieces of information every second. That is where the power is. And that unconscious mind is your pilot. And I call it your personal assistant. So your personal assistant is writing down everything that you say or think, and it makes it happen. So Christian, you were asking in your findings, what did you find out is that 70% of our thoughts are negative. Therefore, 70% of what we tell our personal assistant is we tell your personal assistant negative stuff and it makes it happen. So people wake up in the morning, they look at themselves in the mirror and they go, ah, I'm so tired. I'm so stressed out. I think I'm getting weight, right? So then your personal assistant writes it down. Stressed out, tired, getting weight. I got this. Stressed out. Oh, I know. I'm going to make her delete something on her calendar that's really, that's really, really, really important. So that's going to be stressful. Check tired oh i know i'm gonna make her stay awake all stay awake all night so hey she's not gonna be able to sleep she's gonna be really tired in the morning check gaining weight oh that's an easy one i can find a chocolate bar something deep fried for her to eat today and if all fails more wine tonight check so your personal assistant listens to all these thoughts and makes it happen so we have to be so careful yeah, so 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 powerful the and the unconscious mind that personal assistant. I've also heard Natalie that it's actually programmed. You say it's seventy percent focused on the negative, partly because it's programmed for a survival mechanism, right? Because if some of those lies that we hear, are telling ourselves, or even the bad news that we hear, is true, 
then we want to avoid those things that, that seem scary or problematic to, just to, to keep us alive, so to speak. So, so we tend to believe the, the negative first before that positive, because if it's true, then, you know, it could save our lives. Now that's the problem is, is Captain Insano sometimes lies to me. Yes, yeah, Captain Insano. <laughs> Captain Insano does not lie. Captain Insano reproduces the neural pathways that you've connected the most often. So if you've seen yes. neural, neural pathways, they're all like little uh, branch with, with small little membranes like this that, that dendrites. connect. Dendrites. Yeah, the dendrites. Uh, oh, you know your stuff. So. Uh, when I do podcasts, I don't use the, the fancy terms because I don't want to lose people. I, I, I speak common language. Anyway, so they, the dendrites connects. And then every time that they connect, there's multiple choices. There, there's many different possibilities, right? And as infants, we have so many more possibilities, neurological connection that can happen as we lose them when we become an adult because those who are never connected we will lose them they won't create a synapse so they won't they won't connect any farther like the more you connect them the more often they connect the stronger they get and then they create a synapse and that's the one that stays and all the others are getting forgotten so that's why babies can learn 52 different languages if they were if if they were using these connection the problem is you don't lose the connection that is unuseful or that is negative you lose the one that is not used and you keep not the positive one and the best one you keep the one that are repeated the most so if as a parent you tell your kid don't be stupid then stupid stupid is the one that we will retain even though we say don't be stupid we have to yeah, talk brain brain doesn't understand that don't exactly so if you tell um like my clients do this all the time they tell me oh natalie i don't want to be stressed anymore i don't want to be rushing everywhere i don't want to be impatient with my kids and i don't want to be broke stress rush impatient broke i got this so your personal assistant just writes it down i close your eyes for a second Unless you're driving, because I know a lot of you are probably loving the teamwork podcast and you're listening to this while you're driving. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But <laughs> everybody else, close your eyes. And now with your eyes closed, do not visualize Mickey Mouse wearing a yellow tuxedo standing on top of a pink Mercedes Benz. Do not visualize Mickey Mouse wearing a yellow tuxedo standing on top of a pink Mercedes Benz. And now you can reopen your eyes. You saw it, right? Of course. Even if I said do not, because your brain processes the whole information before you can even negate it. And by this time, it's too late. It's already on the notepad and the personal assistant has written it down. So we have to be very careful what we think all the time and, and whatever connection will happen the most often. Even if you tell your kid, um, don't forget your lunch <laughs> or don't, don't fall, right? Like, you go don't step in the water don't we, we tell people what we don't want so then their brain processes the actual word um, and it, it's it's fascinating how uh, just this knowledge of how linguistically what we say is so important if you catch yourself and I'll give you a, uh, a two-step technique closer to uh, to the end that that your audience can use to immediately 
interrupt this pattern, this thought, so that you can move on and change what you just tell, what you just told yourself inadvertently, right? Because we uh, we do well, that. that that's right. And so that leads us to, you know, how do we then talk to the, the, the pilot? How do we get them, go, how do we get ourselves going in that right direction? Exactly. You have to say what you want and not what you don't want. So somehow um, the, the pilot is constantly listening. And we have to tell your personal assistant exactly what you want. So you have to use positive words. You have to uh, always rephrase and ask yourself, what would you like instead? So if somebody tells you, um, don't, don't forget to bring the, the finance report tomorrow at the office, and then you just heard that and you say, oh, forget. What do I want instead of forgetting? Oh, I want to remember it. That's that's what I really want to do. You have to to say what you want and not what you don't want. That's very important because let's say you're programmed um, and, and I will use this example coming from the fitness industry and knowing that during the pandemic, a lot of people gained a few pounds or you might know somebody that has told you they wanted to lose weight. It's a topic that has been uh, very popular for the past 50 decades. OK, so everybody's everybody's always um know about this topic very well so let's say you're programmed to believe that exercise is hard or you have this limiting belief that when you lose weight you always gain it back right a lot of people believe that or or that um, they hate exercise or that healthy food doesn't taste good that they, they don't like healthy food right they like junk food much better so all the things that are connected connected to health and somebody is programmed to believe that. But let's say they start exercising and it's actually making them feel really good. So they're starting to like it. So they start eating well and it tastes pretty good after all. So now they're starting to like healthy food and they're starting to lose weight. Their personal assistant goes in panic mode. And, and now the, the personal says, I don't understand. I have this on my list here. They're supposed to hate it. They're supposed to to hate healthy food, to hate exercise, and they're supposed to be overweight because they keep repeating every day that they're fat. So I have to do something about this. I'm not doing my job. What can I do? Oh, I know. I'm going to make them fall on the sidewalk. So then they're going to hurt themselves. They're not going to be able to trail anymore, and they're going to gain the weight back. Check. I've done my job. So your personal assistant will make sure that what you've programmed in there happens. So it really goes against you if you if you even start to to divert into something else and something that's good. So that's why people have a lot of setbacks because they start their gong ho, they're all excited and they're like, yes, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna build a career for myself, and then oops, they have this setback that that brings them back. It's like one step forward, two steps back, because the personal assistant will win over you. assistant will always win over you definitely yeah you know that's great I, I cut you off on that great thought i thought oh that's that's a great spot but you know when i when i ski when i mountain bike i, I and i've been talking about this for years if i look at the rock i'm gonna yeah. hit it 
I instead I have to look where I want to go. Same skiing. If you're going through the the trees, you have to look where you're going because you will you will always run into that rock if you're if you're not looking for where where you want to go. So, yeah. Christian, I know you got lots of thoughts here. So, all right. So how how hard then is it to reprogram this pilot because we have spent a lifetime programming it. Mm -hmm. I'm 55 years old. I've spent 55 years programming this thing. And the, and the weight thing is just really that's spoken to me. So, so, okay. Yes. I have to use positive words and talk to myself, but, but how long does it take to reprogram that pilot? Cause that pilot is really stubborn because I've been telling this pilot to go this way for 55 years. And now I want to go that way. But the pilot, um, the pilot doesn't want to go that way. So, so, you know, as you work with your clients, you know, how much effort and time and energy does it take to reprogram that pilot? I suspect it's probably different for each individual, but, but, uh, uh, you know, honestly, I want to, I want to reprogram this pilot, but, but I'm a little afraid that, oh my gosh, the, the pilot might win out because he's been doing it so long this way. And, and I might not be able to get him to turn around. Well, um, you are correct that you may not be able to reprogram it because you can't really do that by yourself at a logical level because that process is not a logical process. It has to happen at an unconscious level. That's what I do. So there are six different layers of the brain that we need to reprogram in order to be successful. Um, And when I work with, and then I will go farther into this topic, um, when I work with PTSD, with army vets, with people that have been abused, with uh, even even people that had um, traumas that happened to them in their childhood, they're now 50 years old and still it is affecting them. Uh, if you know anybody that has been in the army and you don't need to have been in a house on fire or at war in order to experience PTSD. A lot more people do have PTSD uh, than, 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 than we think. So I work a lot with these people. I have a five hour process. So how hard is it for me? I'm trained. It takes me five hours after like three, four sessions. Um, five hour total, that's it. There's no more flashbacks. There's no more, uh, and it it is proven by science. Now the government, um, the division affair, the division of veteran affairs in the United States is now funding the RTM protocol, the reconsolidation of traumatic memory. So that's the specific process I'm talking about for PTSD uh, is now funding this for war vet because it's been proven uh, scientifically that it is working no medicine or, or, or no drugs. So that's, that's a really cool um, update for science. So we're very happy about that. And we've just trained about 24 new uh, RTM protocol um, practitioners in Ukraine now to work with people over there. So this is really, really exciting stuff as well. Now, there are many other processes that I use um, if, if it's not a um, if it's not a trauma, if it's not PTSD, sometimes it's just a bad habit. So there's other uh, processes that I use for that. So for me, it doesn't take that long, but it's it's like I'm a dentist and you're saying, 
how long does it take for me to remove my cavity by brushing my teeth? I'm going to brush my teeth really, really well. I'm going to floss. I'm going to do my mouthwash every day. And, and how long will that take? So, so well, well, if you have a cavity, you need a dentist and then they'll do the filling. And then you continue to brush your teeth and floss and you'll be able to um, avoid further cavities. But you, you kind of need the tools. But today, and now I don't want people to listen to this to say, Oh, that says I'm doomed now. I absolutely need somebody to help. Not necessarily, because there are ways, it's just going to take a little longer, but there are ways that you can do a lot of things by yourself. And I'll give you a technique. It's a two-step technique, not five hours, not 89 steps. It's two. Here's what you do. You catch what you just said or thought in your head because you've probably heard of affirmations i don't know maybe uh spencer christian have you talked about affirmations on your show ever or is it something absolutely yeah you, you want to state an intention for an outcome that you want to have in your life yeah Exactly. So, and I'm sorry to, to, to say this, but affirmations don't work if you don't believe them. Because mo most of the times the, there's too big of a disconnect between what the person really wants and, and, and what they are at. So if I so, want... So, so true. And one of the things that happens, Natalie, is we, we feel like if there's not a big change that we're not, we're not, our goals aren't big enough, right? And we actually talked about this. And so we, we actually create a gap between that affirmation and yeah. our reality, which, which exactly. leads to a, a challenge in confidence because we fail. We fall down on the sidewalk, as you talked about. So, right? Exactly. So what happens is that, let's say uh, I work with the Think Yourself Wealthy program with client, clients that are in deep financial struggles. So we need to work on the limiting belief that we have about money before we can start making money. So there's a lot of, of um, you know, your parents probably told you money doesn't grow on tree or you have to work hard for your money or when you make more money, you spend more money. So you always live paycheck to paycheck. And there's all these limiting beliefs that we have. We need to get rid of all of that. And, and I needed to do that myself before I was able to make serious money because I've always been good at making money, but I was really good at spending it. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the problem I had. Now, I just had to get rid of those limiting beliefs that I had about money. So what if I work with the Think Yourself Wealthy program? Client is deep financial struggle. It's not going to work if I say, okay, smile, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am rich. Your personal assistant is like, what is she talking about? I, I, I'm not writing this down. No, we're not. Like, oh, we must be watching a vampire movie. Vampires don't exist. That I'm not writing this down. That's not for me. Or the Think Yourself Thin program. Clients are highly overweight it's not going to work for me to say okay put your hands on your hips and say i am thin well their brain goes no we're not what is she talking about i'm not writing this down so first step of the two-step technique is to attract your personal assistant attention right and is to to put that thought in the past you talk about it in the past with i used to okay so step number one Repeat it in the past. So you're hearing a thought in your head. Oh, I'm so stressed out all the time. Then you catch yourself and you say, oh my gosh, I was on the Team Word podcast with Christian and Spencer. And then, and then I heard this French Canadian girl. She could hardly speak English. And she told us that we had a personal assistant. And now I just told my personal assistant that I want to be stressed out. No, no, scratch that. So you're going to say, I used to think that I was always stressed out. 
you say it in the past. So now your personal assistant's like, oh yeah, stressed out. I got this on my list right here. You're talking to me. What can I do for you? Now, why are we talking about this in the past? Are we done with this? Aha, perfect. Now we got their attention. So step number two, you're going to use a progressive statement. A progressive statement starts with, I am willing to learn or I'm in the process of, okay? So I'm so stressed out all the time. Wait, I used to think that I was stressed out all the time or I used to be stressed out all the time. Now I'm willing to learn how to create a balanced life or now I'm in the process of becoming more calm. Or my generic one, now I'm willing to learn how to change that. Because that's generic, it works for everything. Now I'm willing to learn how to change that. So repeat it in the past and then progressive statement, I'm willing to learn how to change that. Love that so much. I mean, that is, it's that small success that, that helps you to bridge that gap. And, and this is, I, I was going to tell you that this is one of the things that, that George Washington actually did. He lost battle after battle after battle. You know, we were talking about our, against the greatest army ever. And then when he crossed the Delaware, they took his army, marched nine miles. Two people froze to death on that march. But on Christmas Eve, they had a very, very small battle that they won at Trenton, New Jersey. And that gave the soldiers who had lost and lost and lost and lost enough confidence to go win a second battle at Princeton and to hang on. And it was against unbelievable odds, but he knew they had to have a small win, not a big battle, not a big win, but a small one. Sorry, I had to pull in the, you know, Independence yeah. Day celebration. <laughs> All right. I have a question because uh, this is a teamwork podcast. So let's apply this in a team context then. So I have this internal battle going on with myself and I'm trying to change my pilot and, and get my pilot to go in the direction that I want it to go. And then in a team context, uh, I may, or our company may have, um, you know, on, on purpose or inadvertently, uh, I, I'm dealing with a, a set of people who have their own sets of pilots. And, and now I've got to get all of my people flying in the same direction. So, so can I use this two-step technique with my team as well? Um, uh, or will I face some doubting Thomases in there? And, and if I do, you know, how do I, how do I overcome the doubts that might be in my team so that I can build confidence in my team members that we're heading in the right direction. So there's a few things that uh, we can address here. When it comes to corporations and teams, uh, very often we use what we call the meta programs. The meta programs are our internal drivers. They are what they, the meta programs are like mini systems in our brain that control our thoughts, our behaviors, our emotions. They control other systems in our body. So you've heard of different meta programs you just didn't know was called like that. You know that some people are detail oriented, some people are big picture. So you've, you, you understand this, like you understand that some people are um, in time, some people are through through time. So that means that some people are always late <laughs> because they're really present wherever they are. So they're late for the next thing. And some people are through through time. So they're the one that will arrive super early at every meeting and they're always thinking about what's next. Some people park right at the door 
of the place they're going and some people park by the exit right because they're just thinking about what's next thinking well when i leave the movie tonight i'll be close to the exit so so everybody has their own internal driver there's over 60 internal drivers 60 meter programs i work with about 14 in corporations and we do a, a value interview or a meta program interview just to see what are each person's these 14 or, or 15 meta programs and their criteria what's important to them and how they are and then we see how the team matches so once you know the language of the person then you're able to understand why this person is so resistant to change it's because their decision factor is sameness while your decision factor is differences you like change but some people don't like change they like to repeat the same task over and over and they're really comfortable with that thank goodness because their job is kind of boring and they have to do the same thing over and over like people doing payroll or people like they they have to redo the same task over and over so perfect that their meta program is sameness because that's what they do but when you change the payroll system on them of course they're not gonna like it because they don't like change so how do you deal with that to make them step on board when you're facing that change is you tell them things like well the sooner you will learn the new program the faster you will be able to get back into your routine and being able to do the same thing and once we've learned that step after that it's always going to be the same and we're always going to be able to repeat that or you you make them so it's a it's a system right because some people like like options like to have many different options those are the leaders the creators they like to create the system and some people just want to follow a process a procedure so they're not options they're procedure you want to say it's this then it's that then it's this then it's that so the way you talk to people is if you follow their own meta program and what's what drives them because they like to have a system then people that don't follow you because you're giving them too much options then just create a system for them and then you follow and you don't present to them all the options you just say step number one is this and that's all we're going to be focusing on right now now the second piece so the first part is the the meta programs the other part is to understand that we have six layers of the brain. And I did mention the DNA system a little bit. That's a system I created um, using Robert's DILTS, uh, Robert DILTS neurological levels. So those six layers of the brain. When you wanna make a change in team, you have to make the change in all the six levels. So the first one is the environment. So you wanna make sure that everyone in their environment has the tools that they need so that's the base so you need that every you need everybody to have the tools and the people around them as well are part of the environment so do they have access to people to help them the behaviors are the things that we do so what are the specific tasks that everybody needs to do this is all basic stuff then you get into skills which is the third level the third layer of a person's self is the things that they do that they are really good at. So now it's we're talking about skills. Most people stop there and they forget the next three layers. They tell their, their employees, 
they give them tools, they, they give them trainings. We're going to take a course on this so that you become really good. So it goes, it's going to go from behaviors to skills. They're going to become really good at that. And then they keep training their task force into all these trainings and they become really good. But then there's three other la layers that we need to address. The next one is beliefs and values. So what's important to them? What's important to you? Those are the values. And what are the beliefs? And there's very often a lot of limiting beliefs that we need to get rid of in order to be able to move forward. And the next piece is the identity. So layer number five is who are they when they say I am. So, and I'll give you an example after this so that you'll understand each layers. And then the sixth one is the purpose. So what's why? Why are we doing all that? Now, beyond yourself, once your identity is, I love myself because my beliefs are supporting me and I'm doing what's important to, you, to me, and I, I'm good at what I'm doing, my skills, and the behaviors that I do, I do them in an environment that supports me and I, I, I follow all the criterias. Once I'm at that stage, then I can go to level six and I can reach my purpose beyond myself. Who else? am I serving? So let's take the, the, the example, because you mentioned um, about uh, people that wanted to lose weight. They are exercising and they're eating well. Those are behaviors. Even if you hire a personal trainer and you become really, really good at exercising, that's a skill. And that's what we do in businesses as well. We teach them to be really, really good at what they do and they're skilled. But then let's say that they have a limiting belief that they will always gain the weight back. If you try to fix a belief with a behavioral solution, exercising and nutrition, it's never going to work. You have to fix the belief in the belief level, not in the behavior level. Or you have a, a identity problem, the I am, every time you say I am something, I am fat. They repeat that to themselves every day. That's an identity. You can't fix that with a behavioral level, with exercise and nutrition. Or somebody that says, I am not good enough. It's not going to work to buy an expensive truck or a big house or designer shoes. That's environment. You cannot fix an identity problem with an environmental solution. So we have to address every single level. And we have to make sure that we fix the beliefs, we fix the identity as well. And that's what I do in corporation. Yes, I speak, I'm a speaker and I do a conference. Yes, I do trainings, but I mainly, the, the, when, when I'm, I'm the most um, useful is when I do the one-on-one -on -one with the CEOs, with the VP, with the leaders of the team. Because if, if they have limiting belief, we need to get rid of that. So. I would, I would come to an organization, I would do a, a keynote for everybody, and then I do specific workshop, like the Think Yourself a Sales Pro, Think Yourself a Leader, Think Yourself a Relationship Pro, um, Think Yourself Confident, Think Yourself Healthy, so all the little workshop for smaller teams, and then one-on-one -on -one with the CEOs, and we do three or four sessions with each. We get rid of what's holding them back, because if they were backstabbed at their previous job, well, their ability to trust their team now has been kind of tainted. We need to get rid of that because that, that's a past trauma that is not serving the team right now. So we need to get rid of the, the stuff that, that's holding them back. Or even sometimes they just have personal problems. If you can't talk to your teenager um, or because you're, or you're going through a divorce or substance abuse or whatever is your problem you're, you're living at home, 
you don't leave your problems in the car in the parking lot before entering your job you, you are bringing them to your workplace every day and that is really affecting the bottom line of the business so a lot of corporations have understood that and then i get to work one-on-one -on -one with people to get rid of this so then they can really be at their best when it comes to um when it comes to doing their job right Such great information, Natalie. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking about teams and, and you know, the different meta programs, I have found in my work that there are actually leaders. Now, there, there are some leaders that have those meta programs that are, that are resistant to change. And they have some ideas that, you know, they don't want to ever fail. So they're not, they, they're not the choice, people that love the choices. They want everything to make sense. And they happen to be in a leadership role. And so they, they're afraid of failure, they're afraid to have the wrong answer and to take risks. And so helping them to, in that leadership role, go through this, uh, really taking a look at their, their values and, and the I am statements are, are, are so important. And to become marginally more comfortable with letting go of perfection and, and being okay with failure and learning from that and realizing you can be okay. I mean, I can see that being applied uh, very, very effectively. So I, I'm, I'm just grateful to, to you. Um, I have one more question, and, and, and then I know Christian will have some. So someone's gone through your DNA program. They, they work with you. Think they, they thought themselves confident. They thought themselves well. How do you balance confidence with humility? And, you know, as a leader, I think we have, a, 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 you know, we, we have to... You know, we, we work by the good graces of, of the people who stay with us, right, and who, who fight with us, so to speak, metaphorically speaking. And no one wants a tyrant, man or woman in, in, any, in any way. And sometimes we, we, when I work with a lot of people, they struggle with, you know, they have this personality that it, for them to be this confident, they, they think aggressive, they think aggression, they think... You know, and I'm like, no, yeah, and it's and that's not it. But how do you balance the the idea? First of all, it's not aggressive; it's assertive. How do you balance being an assertive individual and leader with also being humble and listening and realizing I'm on a journey here? And you're talking about a mindset of I'm 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 becoming. I'm not you know I'm not just a, a affirming that this is where I am, but I am becoming, and maintain that throughout your life. That's my question. So when, um, when we're, we're looking at confidence and arrogance, there is a very fine line between both. And we have to make this line as thick as possible <laughs> so that we don't step uh, on one side or the other. Um, it, it is, confidence can potentially be perceived as arrogance when the confidence, um, gives permission to the ego of the person to talk about themselves and that that's really when confidence would be perceived as arrogance is when the person talks about themselves and only listens to their own agenda and very often um and in think yourself a relationship pro we explain the four different personality styles and influencers and leaders will be uh, definitely more talking about themselves. Um, 
influencers and supporters will be more showing their emotions while thinkers and leaders will be keeping their emotion you never really see a leader vulnerable very often they will they will take it in front of everybody and then go in their car and then they'll have their moment by themselves or at home right so they don't show their emotion so there, there's there's four different styles of personality that um that we need to understand the other people in our team not to be perceived as arrogant we need to talk their own language and one trick that i will give is to always remember that people um don't want necessarily to be right they want to be heard what do i mean by that is that if you're with because let's face it if you're in a leadership position very often you have more training more skills maybe you see the bigger picture you're there for a reason and very often your idea is potentially a good idea and you might be acting really fast because leaders like to act fast while they need to have the thinkers and the supporters that think a little slower and especially the thinker will be able to uh, look at all the possibilities and the things that could happen so that we don't rush into uh, running over a cliff too fast because the thinker will be like, oh, wait a minute, what if this happens? We need to prepare for that before we open up the, the valve here. This, something might explode. So you need to be able to, um, to see things coming. You need to be able to, um, to hold back a little bit if you are a leader or an influencer that tend to move fast. And the point here is how do we make the line between arrogance and confidence because as as a leader you're usually very confident that your idea is the best but still you need to make your rest of your team feeling heard they don't need their idea to be chosen they need their idea to be heard that's it and even if at the end and usually when their ideas will be heard your idea of what you wanted to do anyway will have been changed in the process because you will take a little bit of this a little bit of that a little bit of this and then you'll probably still do what you wanted to do but you will have changed it a little bit because you will have listened to other people so let's say somebody comes to you with uh, an idea and i will use an example that is super simple the teenager goes to their mom and says i'm gonna quit school so there's two ways that this conversation can happen. Teenagers goes to their mom or their dad and says, hey, uh, dear parents, I'm going to quit school. So the parent may reply, no, you can't do this. This is ridiculous. You have your future in front of you and you're so smart. You're so brilliant. You can't, you can't quit school. So then the teenager thinks they are not listening to me. They don't, they, they know nothing. I hate their opinion. I'm not listening to them either. Or the conversation can go like this. Um, then the, the teenager, right after, let's let's stay with the first conversation. The teenager will then say, "Well, I've been working all summer, and I made like a thousand dollar, and I, I I like making money, and I think I'm really good, and I, I'm actually going for an assistant position at at my job. So I think I'm gonna continue working there." And then the parent goes, oh, no, you can't do that with a thousand bucks. You, you couldn't even pay rent. <laughs> you couldn't make grocery like you don't understand this because you live at home now. And then you, you 
of course you're right as the parent. Of course you're right. The, the teenager should not quit school. A thousand bucks is not enough to live on. And then you keep going with that path. And the more you keep going, the less the teenager listens to you. Here's the second piece where you're listening. The teenager says, I'm going to quit school. So you turn around and you say, ha, huh, you think you're going, to, you're going to quit school. So you just repeat what they just said and you shut up. And then they say, oh, it's my turn to speak again. Well, yeah, I worked all summer and I made about a thousand bucks. Huh, you made a thousand bucks this summer. Good for you. And you shut up. And then they say, well, yeah, I'm about to become assistant manager even at the grocery store where I'm working. I'm super proud of myself. Oh, you're, you're about to make assistant manager. That's really cool. Wow, like, that's great. And then you shut up. And even if they were telling you, yeah, and on top of that, I think I'm going to start uh, taking drugs and I'm going to do heroin. You want to shake them and say, no, you can't do that. Well, you have to say, huh, okay, so you want to try heroin, do you? And shut up. Even if what they say is perfect nonsense and it's absolutely terrible, you wait until they open the door because by the third or fourth or fifth sentence, and sometimes it takes a few months, but they will just start thinking, oh my gosh, they're listening. They get me. Oh my gosh, they totally get me because now you're, you're repeating what they say. So eventually they will say, well, what do you think? Because, because if, if you listen to them and you get them, they'll be interested in your opinion and then they will ask, what do you think? And that's when you'll be able to say your piece. That's when you'll be able to say, well, have you ever considered that a thousand dollar a month is not enough? Like, did you check at, at rent prices and when you live on your own, is this going to be enough? How much money would you think you would need to make in a year? And do you need a degree to be able to have the bigger salaries and blah, blah, blah. Right. So that's how you, uh, that's how you can, it's, you repeat what they just said, you shut up. Even if what they say is nonsense at all, you just repeat it. And then eventually they'll ask for your opinion. Well, I think this is fascinating and, and we've gone way past our time. So my so final question today is this one. Uh, this conversation has been fascinating, Natalie, but we have to end it and I don't want to. So if people want to learn more about what you're doing and how you might be able to help them, how can they reach out to you, contact you, schedule time with you? Well, I'm happy uh, to uh, offer everyone on the in the audience here um, a free 15-minute virtual coffee so we can chat about anything. We can even deal with stuff in 15 minutes. There's time. Uh, it's quick. The processes that I use are, are pretty fast, so we can uh, we can deal with, with something uh, even substantial in 15 minutes. So you go to thinkyourself.com slash schedule uh, to book a free 15-minute call with me. I also have a confidence guide with 15 keys for confidence talking about the six layers of the brain. So it's questions that you ask yourself for each of these layer uh, of these levels of a person's self. So that really helps you. So you can uh, download the confidence guide at thinkyourself.com slash confidence guide. Um, and you can also contact me through my website, thinkyourself.com or Natalie with an H and A-T-H-A-L-I-E at thinkyourself.com. Just send me an email. All right, fantastic. We'll make sure to put those links uh, in the various descriptions. 
And uh, Spencer, if people want to learn more about the things that you're doing, uh, how can they best reach out to you? Thank you, Christian. They can reach me at altiumleadership.com. That's A-L-I-U-M leadership.com or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Spencer Horn. Uh, you find me there and, and Christian. Uh, I for, Please forgive me for, for monopolizing so much because you have so much to offer. How can people find out what, what you're doing to help them change their stories at, at uh, Reconto? Uh, thanks, Spencer. Well, people can find me at uh, on LinkedIn at Christian Napier. Uh, you can find just look up Christian Napier. You find me, or you can go to our website raconto.io. Gosh, I can't even say it. Raconto.io. R a k o n t o.io, or email me Christian at raconto.io. Well, Natalie, it was a real pleasure to have you on our on our show today. Thank you so much for carving out the time. And listeners, thank you for uh, spending time with us today as well. Please like and subscribe to our podcast, and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you so much.